Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Quest for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Ed Slover, and I'm fiercely passionate about life, love, leading, and learning with a little laughter sprinkled in. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss how everyone, you, me, everyone, can be more interesting. The qualifier here, of course, is that we're all interesting because we're all uniquely different. So this episode is really focused more on how we can become more interesting. So let's get started. It's important to note that curiosity is correlated with intelligence. It's not causal, but it's correlated. Another way of thinking about this is that in order to be interesting, we have to first be interested. So interested in a broad array of topics and not simply what we're myopic about. For example, if we're only interested in video games or only interested in sports or politics or food, we'll be interesting in those conversations when those things are discussed, but we won't really be interesting beyond that. So what I mean by in order to be interesting, you have to be interested is think about a person that whenever you're in conversation with, Time just absolutely flies because your level of engagement in that conversation is is heightened, uh, unlike other casual conversations that you might have. And you start sort of assessing what makes this person interesting. And very likely they're well-informed on the topic. Very likely they have a, a passion to that particular topic. Um, but they were interested in it. So they studied it. And they also understood that there is like a tree branch effect to uh, learning anything new where they look at a particular topic and then there you have all of these different offshoots where you can take this. And it really is an exploration. It really is a, uh, an examination. It's really becoming more of a generalist rather than a specialist. And if you think about how we are brought up in the 21st century, we're conditioned, we're socialized to be specialists. Think about children. Children are pressured in many ways to identify a particular sport or other activity. And the whole design of that is for them to become the best at it, knowing full well that it's highly unlikely It's possible, but it's highly unlikely that they will ever be the best at any one thing. I mean, even the even the best professional athletes represent something like point zero zero one percent of the population. And so specialization can lead to disappointment and it absolutely can uh, lead us down a negative road of stress and pressure. I mean, consider a high school graduate that is entering college and the colleges and universities are pushing these 17 or 18 year old kids into picking a major or a career field um, and basically saying, hey, look, you have to choose today what you're going to spend the next 50 years of your life doing. I happen to believe that is a disservice because what 17 or 18 year old actually knows exactly what they want to be spending the next 50 years of their life doing. So it, it, specialization can be a disservice and it, it ultimately limits, uh, limits us. Uh, other things that limit us from being more interesting. And I'll pose this in the form of a question. Why do we constantly pursue information and answers 
that we already agree with. I mean, after all, it, the, the result of that is, is we pursue those things because we want to feel better about ourselves, but it isn't overly interesting. I mean, what if we chose to actually learn different things? What if we chose to learn the other side of the political spectrum? What if we chose to learn other religions? What if we chose to, to learn different philosophies? learn about human behavior, learn about motivation, learn about emotional intelligence, learn about leadership? What if we examined the interconnectedness, the interrelationship between all of these topics? Because what's really pretty cool is that everything we learn connects to the other things that we learn either directly or indirectly. To become more interesting, it's not about being masterful or the best in any one area. To become more interesting, we need to engage in a wide variety of activities, which invariably lead to a a more fulfilling life for us. And it certainly makes us way more interesting to other people. So it's through actively participating in life that allows us to move this forward rather than living this Groundhog Day effect uh, as we get older through middle age and beyond. So I want to introduce a a couple of concepts to help explain why, when we're younger, we tend to find things um, much more interesting than we do when we get older. And it's the psychological concept of, of fluid intelligence versus crystallized intelligence. So I want you to imagine um, a, a kitchen sink and you turn the faucet on. And so you have water running. So that would represent fluid intelligence. And imagine you have a bucket in the sink and it's being filled up with water. Well, when we're young, our intelligence is fluid. We're constantly being exposed to new and different experiences. And we find those experiences uh, really pretty interesting. As we get older into, uh, into more middle age, and it's commonly accepted right around the age of 40, that faucet starts to slow down and even shut off and the the liquid in that bucket starts to crystallize. This is a very natural part of human development. One of the things that you notice whenever intelligence starts to crystallize is that uh, experiences, new and uniquely different experiences, actually slow down. We have to be much more intentional to create those new adventures and those new experiences because we have precedent for life. We've lived millions upon millions of minutes at that point in our lives versus whenever we're a a child, we're experiencing these things for the first time. So we become more interested in things whenever we're kids. Things are generally more interesting to us. As we get older, we have a tendency to live out our daily routine where yesterday is the same as the day before or tomorrow is going to be the same as today. And we have to be much more, as I used the word earlier, we have to be much more intentional about what we're interested in. So, for example, a couple of personal um, stories to tell. I had set a goal last year to walk 10 million steps in a year. Now, that is a fairly significant goal. And it was completely arbitrary. 
completely arbitrary, but I, but I set that goal for myself. And as I talked about it to other people, they actually found that interesting. They may have found it interesting in, in the sense that, hey, that's, that's really cool. That's a pretty that's a pretty big goal. Go for it. Good job. Other people may have looked at that and said, that's insane. That's silly. Don't do that. Either side of that spectrum, both, uh, both sides found that goal particularly interesting. Should be noted, I did, I completed 10 million steps in 351 days and I'm completely over it now. Another one is, uh, along with the 10 million steps, my goal, I set a goal to read a book or consume a book a day, whether it was physical books or audiobooks. And as I talked to people about that, they were fascinated by that 365 books in 365 days. And one of the things that they were fascinated about was all of the, the broad array of topics that I consumed over the course of the year. Right. Reading is a absolutely wonderful way to become more interesting because as you're reading, you uh, you have these tree branch offshoots that you're able to go down and explore and you're able to share that information with other people. And invariably, if you do so in a charismatic and passionate way, they find that to be interesting. I was able to achieve that goal of 365 books in 365 days. Uh, another goal I had set for myself was to write a book. I mean, who has time to write a book? If you look at the, the our, our weeks, there's 168 hours in every single week. It's a fixed time pie. How are we going to wedge the time associated to writing a book into that fixed time pie? Well, in the fall of uh, 2021, I, I was able to uh, to carve out that time because what we know is that whenever we're passionate about something, and we, we want to prioritize something in our lives, we end up finding the time. We just do. And fortunately, I was able to publish a book uh, last fall. So in order to be interesting, we have to first be interested. I just so happen to be interested in setting those three goals. And uh, as I am able to communicate this to other people, they find this you know, really pretty fascinating. Uh, especially knowing that we live extraordinarily busy lives. Along these lines, one of the things we have to acknowledge is that the number one thing people like talking about is themselves. And whenever we get people talking about themselves, they, interestingly enough, find us more interesting. I mean, this has been studied. If you go into an interview and you get the interviewer talking more about themselves, they find you more interesting. Well, how does that work? That works because we, we are more interesting whenever we inquire about other people. When we want to genuinely learn about other people, we become more interesting in their eyes. Same with dating, same with networking. I mean, really any casual conversation has the potential to, to make everyone more interesting. I mean, you don't need to be a CEO or a billionaire or a rocket scientist. You can just be you, right? And what that does is that actually creates this psychological and emotional and spiritual uh, freedom uh, in these conversations because you know you're coming off as more interesting to other people. They feel as though they're coming off more interesting to other people. And it's it's really well intended, but it's purposeful. There's a discipline to it rather than being subjected to 
what's called the lazy law, which is basically the lazier you are, the less interesting you'll be. I mean, that's just how that goes. So consider generalism versus specialism. Uh, Pat Flynn, who's an author of a number of books that you might be interested in checking out, talks about this idea of skill stacking. Rather than being a master, like 100% masterful at any one thing, he suggests pursue being 80% masterful at something uh, and do so in a broad array of areas, broad array of topics, right? It's not about being the best because being the best invariably will lead to some loss because at some point you're not going to be the best at it. Someone will overtake you. So there's no disappointment in being more versatile. I mean, it allows you uh, to think creatively and innovatively and critically. You, you're able to solve many more problems. And if getting if self-improvement is becoming a better version about ourselves, we have to we, we have to focus on the idea that it's about getting better, not about getting things. Right? The results we get in life are the outcomes of getting better at what we create, what we learn, the, new, the skills that we acquire. Right? Skill building and skill development is a wonderful way of becoming more interesting. Let me give you an example. A former student and mentee of mine uh, reached out to me a, about six months after he had graduated. His name's Josh. And Josh was hired right after graduation into a job that he was ultimately you know, growing more and more dissatisfied with, which is you know, par for the course for many college graduates because almost every college graduate is a foot smarter than the their very first job description and quite frankly probably the first two or three job descriptions and so once he learned the fundamentals of his job he was getting bored he was losing interest in this particular job and whenever we whenever we spoke uh, i offered him some advice I'm like, is it fair to say that you know the ins and outs of your job uh, to a high degree of proficiency? And he said, yes. I'm like, okay. So is it fair to say that you're performing at a high level and that your supervisors or managers would acknowledge that you're performing at a high level? And he said, yes. I'm like, okay. So when we can check those boxes, now it's time for you to take proactive steps with your learning rather than the groundhog day effect or, or falling pray to routine over time where tomorrow is going to be the same as today and how we learn is more passive. What I want you to do is proactively learn something new every single day. Start working with other employees in other departments, learn about their work, learn about their work lives, their work days, the tasks that they perform, the, how those tasks roll up into uh, how the organization uh, achieves its goals. Pick something every single day. Pick something to say, and it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be overly time consuming. But pick something new every day. To say, you know what? I'm going to be proactive with this. Um, maybe it's having a conversation where the skill you want to develop is to listen actively. It's certainly proactive learning. Learning something new every day is 
is a skill that you can learn. Maybe you want to be more compassionate. So you, you learn about how to be more compassionate. Maybe you want to be more expressive. I mean, self-expression is interesting. Having a take on things is interesting. Communicating the, your opinion and your thoughts and ideas is interesting. Caring is interesting. I mean, putting off what's easy for what's important is interesting. Indifference is boring. Quitting is boring. Anybody can quit. Quitting is boring. Taking the path of least resistance is boring. What about taking the path of more resistance? I mean, proactively learning something new every day is taking the path of more resistance. And when people do that, because such a large segment of the population takes the path of least resistance, those people that take the path of more resistance are just generally more interested. I mean, it's wildly fascinating to observe and participate in conversations with those people that, I mean, consciously take the path of more resistance. I mean, think about um, people who who sign up for Spartan races or Tough Mudders or marathons. I mean, this is this is interesting because it's not just about race day. It's about all of the, the training and effort and, and process that they go through uh, to, to get ready for the race. And they're learning every single day. They're learning how to overcome the challenges. They're learning to be more resilient in the face of those challenges. They're learning coping skills and how to go about that. This is utterly fascinating. Right. So it's about being active, being proactive. Right. It's about learning versus not. It's about working versus not. It's about loving versus not. And rather than focusing on accumulating things, what what if we actively uh, lived our life that allowed us to live out our purpose? I mean, this is ultimately the answer. This is ultimately what we want to what we want to try to accomplish. Right. So. Think about, you know, what independent thoughts do you have? Because those independent thoughts are interesting. It's not simply adopting the thoughts of others. I mean, that that sort of plagiarism of thought, and we should stop that. I mean, originality is interesting. And sometimes it's extraordinarily scary. It should be because we're putting ourselves out there. And every anytime we put ourselves out there, we are actually more interesting. We might not be liked for it. We might not be respected for it. But those two things are independent of whether or not we're actually more interesting. We can show or express vulnerability. I mean, show that we're human and, and people care about that. I mean, show, have a sense of humor. I mean, develop that skill. You know, figure out, hey, how do I get better at, uh, at telling jokes? Can I do this in front of other people, maybe at an open mic night? Can I learn that skill? How does that connect to getting better at, at public speaking? You know, ask thought-provoking questions of yourself and, and, and care about something to the point where just like, you know what, I'm, I'm genuinely interested in this and I, I want to proactively learn every single day about this. I'm going to make a list. I'm going to become a student, right? And if then you have these branches and tentacles that start to e expand and you're looking at this you're like, oh, my gosh, this is so this this is so incredibly interesting to me. I'm pretty sure that if I share this information, it's going to be interesting to other people. I mean, maybe you pick up 
a, a musical instrument and start playing that. Maybe you want to be a writer. Maybe you want to write computer code. I mean, all of this requires um, first being interested and then the discipline associated with pursuing uh, that. And it's through the discipline that gives us this freedom you know, within this framework to be more psychologically, emotionally, and, and spiritually fulfilled. All right. So what we need to ask ourselves is first, what am I interested in? And, and ask the question in a way, as you start ex exploring the answers to that, as, or answer this in such a way where you're going to, you're going to do so unapologetically because you're going to pursue being more creative or you're going to pursue developing more skills. And it's, it's, it's not what other people think uh, that, that matters in those cases. You know, don't compare yourself to other people because that's a never an apples to apples comparison. And it will invariably lead you either to feeling, you know, better about yourself because you're comparing yourself to other people and you, you, you subordinate them or more commonly, you'll feel worse about yourself because you, either they're subordinating you or you subordinate yourself to them. You know, as Jordan Peterson says, don't compare yourself to other people. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. And that's an apples to apples comparison. And it, it's a fair and realistic appraisal of our progress toward being more interesting. Right? And you may be thinking, gosh, uh, everything that you're saying is it, 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 it carries some wisdom, but um, we, we don't live in this world, Ed. We, you know, we just don't, we just don't do this. This is a world of, of specialization. And that's the only way to get ahead. The more specialized we are, the more money we make, the, the more potential fame that we may have or whatever. And, you know, becoming more interesting just doesn't have this practical value. I would res respectfully disagree because learning always has practical value. Inquiry always has practical value. And I'm not this cantankerous old man, you know, get off my lawn. That's not uh, that, that that's not what this is about. This because that would that that would be boring. That wouldn't be interesting. My worldview is to say, gosh, what can I explore next? What are these personal passions, these interests that I've got that I can explore next? And through the exploration, I become a better version of myself. And then through sharing, I, I become more interesting to other people. And the funny thing about becoming a, a, a better teacher and learner is teaching what we learn. It, that's a, it's a really interesting dynamic when, you know, when we say, you know, we need to be students of, uh, of certain topics, we actually become better students whenever we teach the topics that we're interested in. And when we do it in, in a compelling way, whether it's through storytelling uh, or, or just really sort of sharing our, our take on it and then gathering input from other people, we actually become better teachers along the way. So as we, as we wrap this up, self-expression is interesting. Caring is interesting. Being interested in something is interesting. And we do need to ask ourselves, what, what are we interested in? What are we most passionate about? And when we can identify those things, then we can go at them with vim and vigor and zest and zeal. And we don't we, we get out of the 95 to 98% of our day when we're on autopilot. 
I mean, psychological research informs us that truly 95 to 98% of our day is spent on autopilot. What if we were able to move that number to only 90% of our day on autopilot? I mean, think about that additional, uh, that, that additional amount of time where we consciously, proactively learn new things. And we have to stop doing certain things in order to do that. If you're spending an hour on social media day, spend 30 minutes. So stop spending the other 30 minutes. Uh, if you're watching uh, Netflix or Hulu and you're binge watching these things, what about those experiences are actually making you a better version of yourself, making you more interesting to other people? So cut that number in half, because I guarantee you, each of you at some point in your life have come across someone who have said, I just simply don't have time to do this or that. I, I, I'm spinning too many plates. And if you actually took an honest assessment of where they're spending their time, there are time bandits built into their system. And if we can even just cut that number in half and sort of divert that energy towards proactively learning new things, developing new skills, we become much more interesting versions of ourselves. Food for thought, fellow questers. Please be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and consider writing a review. Be sure to tell your friends about the Quest for Life podcast. Love to keep getting the word out. Get in touch with the show at thequestforlife.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also love some ideas that you have for future episodes. And as always, thank you for joining the conversation.